It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It was the return that we all dreamed of. And it made us all feel alive. cheered. We cried. We were all united by the moment and will share that memory forever. This building has a ship like this since Michael Jordan was here. Now, the countdown is on. Darby Allen! 15-year-old CM Punk rolling around in the backyard with his friends. Darby Allen would have been his favorite wrestler. Kids skateboards, kids punk rock. There's something to him. Does this daredevil have what it takes to step out of the shadows and into the light? It's Chicago. I will see you. And I'll see Sting. And I'll see all of you. September 5th, all out. Or will the best in the world prove that his fighting spirit still burns bright? It's me and you, Darby Allen, and it's a lot less about proving the haters wrong, and it's more about proving myself right. It's the most anticipated fight of the year. Does CM Punk still have what it takes for the first time ever it's cm punk versus darby allen all elite wrestling presents all out it all goes down sunday live in chicago can you still go can you still be the best can you still be the best in the world the story continues on aew countdown to all out The countdown does continue, and uh, in my pants. Um, so exciting. CM Punk versus Darby Allen. We got a little bit of story development in that uh, this week. But before we get to that, let me reintroduce myself. Uh, I am Dr. Damien Gibson. I'm the host of this podcast. Uh, Dr. Damien Gibson, D-M-D. And let me introduce you the cast of characters that I will reference on this podcast. It's a it's groundbreaking. It's a new development in podcasting where you can essentially have people on the podcast but not have them on the podcast. That's what I do here at WrestleWolf. Uh, I will be referencing my main man, my main wrestling compadre, Sir Matthew Kayfabe, who is an occasional co-host on uh, the WrestleWolf Um podcast but uh is on extended paternity leave really for more than like that's essentially what's happening and uh you know he has a sensible job and is studying and is a father and you know just doesn't have time to sit around and talk about wrestling all the time but he does have the time to message me about wrestling and those messages will be referenced throughout the podcast paul the newsman the news hound uh it's been a little quiet this week i've heard from paul 
really at all in regards to wrestling. So, um, still got a, a couple of little news stories here, but haven't got too many of his opinions. And Callie, uh, who, you know, I don't like to reduce it to the girlfriend, but she is. She's a woman in her own right. Uh, in her own right. <laughs> like she's a woman separate to me. A comedian. Uh, brilliant person. But, uh, you know, is my girlfriend. So she will be referenced uh, from time to time as well. Although she didn't watch any wrestling with me this week. So it's going to be a pretty Matt heavy episode. Um, pardon the pun. Um, I started the week off wrestling wise watching Emergence, uh, Impact's Emergence pay-per-view. They, um, they, it's weird with Impact because they have these, there seems to be two levels of pay-per-views. There's like a, the, the big pay-per-views that will happen on a Sunday, I think, and then there's the sort of smaller pay-per-views that happen either, sometimes on a Friday night, sometimes on a Saturday. Um, and Emergence was one of those. Uh, it, you know, I, I um, talked about them being like the surprise chef of wrestling last week, and, and this pay-per-view <laughs> could not have done a better job of sort of proving me correct with that analogy. Um you know, everything's fine. Ace Austin is the number one contender now, which I think is fantastic because he has all the star potential in the world. I, I genuinely see him as the heir to the Shawn Michaels throne. Um, he's got all the skills on on the mic and in the ring. So for him to be number one contender um, in a pretty short amount of time, it's sort of like, you know, he was in the X Division race for a bit was x division champion i think oh, i'm trying to remember all this off the top of my head because i didn't make notes but i'm pretty sure he was and then lost it um and is now the number one contender i could see christian doing a job for him as well and putting him over on impact maybe maybe not maybe not in four weeks time but who knows i mean we don't really know what christian's time frame is like is he sticking around forever is this just a short run to be like a, you know, Impact World Champion, or, um, I mean, i got to say Impact do look, a, a, I mean, you know, I know Kenny Omega was the last Impact Champion, but um, to have someone like Christian on the show a lot more, although Kenny was on it quite a bit, Christian just looks good with the Impact belt, I think, and um, yeah, I, I'm into it. Uh, his match with uh, Brian Myers was a good match. I wasn't blown away by it, but those two guys in the ring, great. You know, it feels like, you know, the majority of Impact stuff is floating around the C plus, B minus mark um, for stuff. And it only ever drops down a little bit because I think there's a lack of... Um, depth to their roster that's kind of you 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 tend to see sort of similar matchups quite a bit because they don't you know they're running a pretty um tight ship it's it's a pretty shallow pool of talent over there not because the people there are bad it's just there aren't that many of them um and limited resources all that kind of stuff they do an amazing job with what they have i really like impact so emergence it's on fight you know, if you want to check it out, um, it was only 15 bucks, which is not bad for a pay-per-view. Um, so, yeah, I bought it with my fight credits, which is something I keep forgetting about. Where you buy a pay-per-view, you get a couple of credits, and then, you know, after it's, it seems to work out for me that every sort of six months, 
you know, maybe even a little bit shorter than that, I can buy a pay-per-view for free, which is not bad, man, you know. <laughs> like, um, all right, fine. Let's get the WWE stuff out of the way. Karrion Cross. Fucking hell. SummerSlam happened last weekend, I think it was. Um, Matt reckons that the takeover last weekend shows that WWE can still put it on great pay-per-views. Uh, I trust his opinion. I'm sure it was great. I won't be watching it. Um, the Supposedly the Walt, the Volta match was amazing. Uh, that'll probably be Adam Cole's last pay-per-view as a WWE wrestler as well, which is too sweet. Um, Karrion Cross, why, why is he being given the Dungeon of Doom's gimmick? I mean, <laughs> it just... So much of what WWE at the moment are doing at the moment just makes no sense. And it's kind of interesting to just sort of be reading or hearing secondhand what the booking decisions are. And on paper, it's even more insane than watching it in person. Because you're robbing... You know, NXT is part of WWE. It's not like NXT is owned by Tony Khan. You know, so you take Karrion Cross, who was who was the champion, and pretty much the big bad, you know, star on that show. You take him away from that show. You put him on the the main roster, but it, you know, you, you bury him in his first match, and you try and build him up again, and then all of a sudden he's wearing Dungeon of Doom ring gear that was embarrassing in the late eighties, let alone in twenty twenty one. You're only punishing yourselves, you know? God, it must be so frustrating to be a wrestling fan watching WWE. I just don't I don't know why you would put yourself through it. Uh, anyway, uh, Big Bad Brock's back because, of course, he, he is. The rumor is that um, essentially he doesn't look match fit because the contract that was negotiated was pretty late in the piece. Um, so essentially like, you know, he got up off the couch, ran down to SummerSlam and debuted. So, um, I don't know. I've seen some photos of him. He looks fine to me, but, uh, loving the little ponytail, Brock. Mm. <laughs> uh, Fox are not happy. Uh, Fox Network are really unhappy with WWE for not even attempting to sign CM Punk and allowing personal differences getting, getting in the way of business, which... Welcome to doing business with Vince McMahon, WWE. Um, yeah. Well, it's worked out really well for them so far, hasn't it? Not even not even attempting to get in contact with CM Punk. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not helping AEW whatsoever, having him on the roster. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all there is to say about that. But it, it just keeps reinforcing my idea that eventually... You know, the, <laughs> people will keep, you know, with WWE, and I'll just keep this real brief and then we'll move on to, to what happened this week. But people keep sort of pointing, almost like to pointing to the scoreboard of like, well, look how much money they're making. But, you know, it just gets to the point of like, and Matt tried to point it out to me during the week for some reason. Yeah, he tried to point out to me during the week that it doesn't cost anything for networks to put these shows on TV. Um, so, you know, even if the ratings aren't that great, they're still earning money. But, you know, at what point do 
you know, it, I think TV stations have always been a bit embarrassed to put wrestling on their station. <laughs> there is such a stigma to wrestling that I genuinely think most suits. I mean, you hear it with like Eric Bischoff's war stories with WCW and stuff. That, like it's a battle to keep wrestling on TV. If you get raw down to one point, you know, doing what Dynamite have built up to, you know, if they start get dropping to 1.1, 0.9, I mean, if they drop down to NXT figures, surely USA Network, who are also pissed off with WWE because all the talents on SmackDown, there's nothing on Raw. So, you know, NBC are going, hey, what the fuck, man? Like, we paid millions of dollars to have WWE product you know, on our on our channel, and you're giving us the inferior product, even though Raw is meant to be the number one show. I mean, we all know that that's swapped around. SmackDown's the number one show now, but with each story that comes out about WWE and their booking idea, like their booking ideologies, their business ideas, and Ackerman, it's more and more confusing to even see where they're coming from. It's they there are bull in a china shop none of it makes any sense and matt said during the week that uh, wwe will continue to make money in spite of themselves and it's kind of difficult to argue that point because it's been <laughs> this has been going on for you know even even if we just go back to when AEW started you know there's been a part of me of like well they're a dead company they're a dying company but there was fucking fifty thousand people watching SummerSlam on on sunday and it's the you know, highest buy rate they've had for a pay-per-view, although I don't know if those figure. I mean, that must be sign-ups to Peacock or something to watch it. I, I, anyway, um, don't know, man. Don't know, man. I mean, you've got Cena versus Roman, so I assume that that pushes buy rates, right? But, uh, you know, and I, uh, obviously that's a draw, you know, that, that sounds interesting to me, but, Fuck, Karrion Cross, man. Just get out of there. <laughs> Just get out of there, man. Um, you got to grasp, grasp the brass ring. Just bullshit. Dynamite. We kind of a flat week for AW this week. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I know I cop a lot of criticism of like, oh, you're a fanboy, blah 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 blah, which I am. But um, you know, I'm also a critic, and if things aren't great, well, I'm gonna. Get my roasting uh, wand, roasting iron, roasting oven out. Anyway, you guys know what I mean. Uh, why is Orange Cassidy working with Matt Hardy? It's driving me fucking insane. Um, Orange Cassidy is so much better than this. Uh, Orange Cassidy, I don't know why it's started talking like a valley girl all of a sudden. Orange Cassidy is like so much better than Matt Hardy. Um, it just, I look, I know there's only, I know last week I was like, oh, it's great that, you know, young wrestlers are working with older wrestlers, blah, blah, blah. But, look, but here are some, here are some opinions of mine about Matt Hardy. He can't go in the ring anymore. In fact, I probably would say for the last 10 years he hasn't been able to go. It looks bad when Matt Hardy walks the ring. He obviously has, you know, because he's given so much to us, I'm not saying like, 
fuck Matt Hardy. I'm not saying he shouldn't have a job or be earning money or anything like that. I'm not saying that at all. But it just... Like, even just from a visual storytelling perspective, when when Orange Cassidy beats Matt Hardy, all I can think is, so he should. He's like 30 years younger than him. <laughs> you know what I mean? He can walk properly. You know, it's just... It's not doing anything. And then, I, you know, I noticed next week that, you know, he's going up against Jack Evans. So this Matt Hardy thing is continuing on. I just don't... I don't think Matt Hardy is anything other than a valet anymore. Just don't think he is. Uh, and this match was a bit shit. Like, Cassidy gets a win, great. That's the right booking, but... Mm. Uh, Red Velvet, also not there yet. This is someone else I don't think this should be on Raw or... at uh, Raw? Uh-oh. On Rampage or um or Dynamite. Not in the main title picture, at least. She, she did have a good match with Britt Baker, but... This week, man, I mean the the moonsault, backwards moonsault that she attempted at the at the very end of this match against um, uh, Britt Baker's little mate, who I'm completely forgetting the name of. It will come to me. Uh, just terrible. Just not very good. Um, look, I know people make mistakes, but you also need to learn. You know, it's like anything. You know, you need to learn how to do what you're doing before you get in the ring. And I feel like, this is what I feel like what was going to happen. I feel like Cody was going to push Brandy in the women's division. Brandy had been training very hard as a female wrestler. Um, We saw a little bit of it. She was okay in the ring. Uh, And then she got pregnant. So to replace her in the storylines that they had going forward they put red velvet in and then she wasn't completely awful and because she's cody's girl she's getting booked but we continuously see a theme on dynamite and rampage at the moment that the people who are letting the team down a little bit and the booking that is letting the team down a little bit seem to be coming from cody now i don't know that for sure but you know we've got Red Velvet. Later on, we've got fucking QT Marshall again. Uh, even though uh, Brock Anderson is doing okay stuff, I would still kind of put Arn and Brock in that bracket as well. It, it's the stuff on all of the shows that I'm like, eh. it, it ranges from eh to oh, this is terrible. Uh, Punk promo mentions Brian Danielson. That's somebody else's stick, stick and you're going to have to be a little more patient with that. Awesome. Um, I mean, are we ever going to get sick of seeing CM Punk come to the ring? I mean, he could literally just come down and cut a promo every week, and I think I'd be happy. <laughs> uh, called out Darby Allen again. Basically kind of did the same promo as he did on, on Friday night, but fuck, man, it's still... Even when CM Punk's kind of uh, just in third gear, just cruising, he's still the best in the world on the mic. So fucking good. Miro versus Kingston, man. Did anyone, did anyone, look, if you did, you're a genius, but did anyone think of this as a booking angle? And did you know you wanted it until you saw it? Because I didn't. Um, And holy shit. (laughs) It's going to be great. Um, Another problem that I had was this fucking QT match that Big Show was involved in and stuff. I actually, for a second, thought it was going to be in the main event. Uh, I'm so happy it wasn't. 
but uh, you know, we the last two matches here are very Cody heavy, and they're just a bit shit. They're just a bit shit. Um, it's so noticeable that when QT and his little minions, um, you know, were were defeated. Um, by the gun club, you know, I mean, the gun club are involved as well. I forgot about that. I mean, just everything about it is terrible. But you got the big show, um, up on the stage with the gun club and the crowd was literally silent. Big show, you know, Paul White's trying to sell as much as he can. Just no one's interested. No one cares. No one's interested. Um, and when you look at how stacked the roster is, it's just sort of unacceptable for me that something this boring and this terrible um, can be on their main show as the second last match of the show. Um, you know, I'm sure JR would call me an entitled Mark, but um, <laughs> like it's, it's fucking shit. It just really is, you know. Um, and th- this week, the the match, absolutely sure. Like, you know, the... Factory versus Gun Club. No one wants to see that. That that's that's barely a headliner on Dark, let alone Dynamite. I know there was problems with COVID and sort of wreaked havoc with the roster a little bit and stuff. So you know, if this was a if this was a match that I'd never seen before, and then all of a sudden it was on this week, and they pointed to COVID, fine. But this this bullshit angle of QT Marshall being on TV has literally been going for about four months now and it needs to end. Um, Matt was like, he he's the only wrestler around at the moment that I actually actively want to go away from wrestling so I don't have to watch him on TV. Uh, which sounds harsh, man, but like when you end up saying the same thing every week, you know, and it's the only complaint you have about AEW every week is the one guy or the one storyline about the one guy, then you start to get frustrated because it's just like, how can, you know, I was saying to Matt during the week, how does TK not see that? Like, how can all this booking over here be great? And then there's this storyline. That's shit. It just, you know what I mean? It has to, it has to come from somewhere else. And I'm blaming Cody Rhodes for it. If I'm wrong, I'll apologize because I have no problem with apologizing. But at the moment, that seems to be what the case is. And it's driving me insane. Uh, Alistair Black looked strong against Brock Anderson, maybe not as strong as he should have. Um, I think he should have walked out tall to his music to end Dynamite, not have Lee Shoddy Johnson come down. Again, he's another Cody guy who's fucking ruined, like just really ruining how the show should, the show should have ended on black killing the andersons walking out with his music and he's like oh holy shit fucking malachi black is going to murder some people you know uh, and i know it'll be like oh well we're building up to it you know he'll get cody it all out or whatever um but even then like because all this build-up has been so fucking shit and boring when it comes to Malachi Black versus Cody for all out, which is probably what's going to happen, right? Um, who cares? And what I worry about is if Cody gets retired, kayfabe-wise, and becomes more of a producer, we're going to get more of this shit. 
we can get more of it. At least with Kenny and the Bucks, the friends that they do get involved, and and we see this at the end of Rampage, uh, are relatively talented. You know, in Brandon Cutler, Michael Nakazawa, like, you know, they're relatively talented. They know their roles and they play those roles to perfection. We don't have them uh, headlining shows. And if we do, it's with Christian Kazarian and and Omega, who are pretty safe hands and going to be able to carry that one person. Um, but at least they've got some charisma. You know what I mean? Like, the Cody just keeps lobbing up beige wrestler after beige wrestler and uh, anyway so yeah a lot of cody booking makes for a pretty meh episode of dynamite still fun still you know well not great still good still quite good enjoyable i wasn't hating on it but there were moments where i'm like oh god i'm not into this and when i really drilled down as to why it's like well these are cody people and i'm not into it Rampage, uh, I wasn't really feeling, after watching Dynamite, I've got to be honest, I was like, uh, like, I was always going to watch Rampage because of the podcast, but there was a part of me that was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then as soon as I turned it on and the first thing you hear is Jungle Boy's music, I was back in. This first match, tag match, was amazing. I was actually quite surprised that Lucha Bros um, won. I kind of thought they had like a storyline going with Andrade and I thought Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus sort of teaming up with Christian and Christian going up against Kenny Omega, then you would have Jurassic Express go up against the Young Bucks, you know. But no, we're not doing that. And that's cool. I got swerved in a good way. Booking's good. Into it. Um women's match on this was okay it's sort of i didn't mind the storytelling of uh the bunny and penelope ford teaming up in the battle royal at all out uh adds a bit of interest to the the storyline um i'm starting to get the feeling that maybe the bunny well maybe the bunny and and um Penelope end up having a feud coming out of that battle royal and that's good that's what battle royals are for you start storylines blah 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 um, I thought the last tag match here was pretty entertaining. I've been enjoying, uh, Matt still not enjoying the Christian Kenny Omega angle. Uh, it's, um, I am, I think it's like, this will be the end of it. Um, Christian will end it. will will lose it all out. He'll be impact champion. Kenny will be, um, uh, a W champion and, and he'll move. I I think that's where Daniel Bryan will come down, um, and challenge Kenny Omega. Um, but I think in the meantime, while we've been waiting for that, or waiting for Hangman Page as well, who's off having a baby, um, Christian's been initially perfectly serv- serviceable, but I think it's actually it's turned into a half decent little feud. I don't I don't mind. I haven't, I've enjoyed it. Um, I think you're getting good work from both wrestlers, from Kenny Omega and Christian. It's obvious that Kenny Omega is into working with Christian because of course he would be. Um, and you're getting good work because of that. You know, Kazarian got a, a, a bit of a rub from it this week. Into it. Really into it. Looking forward to seeing the match at All Out. 
Um, again, Matt was talking about the, the card not being that exciting for all out. I cannot wait. I think the majority of the matches um, are really good. The The QT Marshall versus Paul White match, who gives a shit, but it's dead smack in the middle of the card, so it's the go for a piss, grab a beer match. Um, the women's uh, Battle Royale, again, maybe not the most exciting match, but we'll see, you know, like, could be okay, could also be not, but we'll see. And then every other, every other match on the card, I think, has because of some long-term storytelling, has some cachet to it. Um, you know, Kenny versus Christian being a perfect example of that. I mean, I'll, even outside of all those other matches, um, like Kojima versus Mox, there's been some criticism of Kojima being old and blah, blah. On paper to me, you know, I want to see that match. Maybe it won't be great, but, you know, um, you know, let Mox wrestle his heroes i mean miro versus uh eddie kingston amazing cm punk versus darby allen i mean those two matches alone are enough for me to be excited about a pay-per-view but you throw in a kenny omega versus christian in there young bucks versus lucha brother bros like fucking hell man um yeah just i mean those four matches enough to sell a pay-per-view for me uh, we're going to have Brian Danielson show up. I think maybe Adam Cole, Bay Bay, might show up as well. Um, yeah, maybe we get a heel turn from CM Punk at All Out and then Brian and Adam Cole come out and it's like the Holy Trinity, something like that. Who knows? A new NWO. Look, the possibilities are endless, guys. And um, yeah, even on a week that's a bit of a... It just I, I said to Matt, like it feels like they kind of just put the pot on simmer. And this week, everything will boil over and it'll be super exciting going to All Out. I trust Tony Khan so much with the booking of the vast majority of the shows, even though I've spent most of this podcast bitching about booking decisions. But I'm blaming Cody for that rather than TK. Because you just got to look at all the other angles that don't have any Cody Rhodes involvement. They're brilliant. So, uh, but anyway, I'm going to leave it there, guys. 29 minutes, 30 minutes. That's spot on, right? A lot of new listeners on the back of the CM Punk episode last week. Welcome. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Um, managed to chart in the wrestling category in a whole bunch of um, countries, uh, Brazil, uh, Norway, New Zealand, Australia. So thank you, Australia. Um, uh, there were a few other countries as well, and I'm, I'm forgetting, which I apologize for. But uh yeah, amazing. Uh, I haven't had this much success with the podcast previously. So um, welcome. Thank you. Uh, I hope you find my weekly sort of uh, dissection and rants about the wrestling enjoyable. I love doing it. It gives me an avenue to talk to someone, even though I'm not really talking to anyone, about wrestling. Um, and uh, and it's uh, not ruining uh, my burgeoning relationship with my girlfriend. So I really appreciate you guys helping me do that. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, ultimately, man, like, God, it's so it's so much fun to be a wrestling fan at the moment. Um, and I think we should just sort of be thankful that it exists um, and that it's a real balm and um, distraction from so much of what is fucking shit about the world at the moment. 
Um, we might disagree on who should be the champ and what should be on a pay-per-view and blah, 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 but that's part of the fun, man. You know, don't take it too seriously. Um, but also take it very seriously at the same time, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, had a little interaction with um, the CM Punk crying guy on Twitter this week. So shout out to you, my friend. And um, yeah, look, you know what? Until next time, may your wrestling be good wrestling. Good night, brother dudes and dudettes. Funny when you got no money and you hungry, never take it.